Good evening, everyone. Tonight's message is called Forever with the Lord. Tonight we'll be continuing our study in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll look at the last two verses after we look at verses 15 and 16. Let's read verses 15 to 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, when a saint of God dies, they are promoted to glory, as Brother Norm Wells has often said. They receive their promotion, and they are present with the Lord. We see in our text, in verse 16, that the Lord himself shall descend from glory. Verse 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself shall descend from heaven. As I mentioned last week, he will not send someone to represent him. No, it is the Lord himself who shall descend. And when he comes, he will come in the brightness of his glory. And every eye shall see him. Behold, it says in Revelation 1.7, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen god's elect who are alive when our lord jesus christ returns are going to witness the great coming of the lord jesus christ they're going to witness his glorious coming and if we're alive when he comes back we'll see this we'll see the brightness of our lord jesus christ as he descends from heaven we'll hear the shout from the voice of the archangel we'll hear the sound of the trump of god I ask you, does that sound like a secret rapture to you? No, it's a very public coming, isn't it? And God's people are looking for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the desire and the longing of every born-again believer's heart. And our hearts rejoice in the one who's loved us and gave himself for us. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave himself for his people. He gave himself as an offering for the sins of his people. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God dies for sinners at Calvary's cross, sheds his precious blood, gives his life. And so the believer in Christ, we, we wait with unspeakable joy in our hearts as we anticipate that great day when, when our faith gives way to sight, whether it be when the Lord returns or whether it be the day that we breathe our last breath and we go into the presence of the Lord. We'll see our blessed Redeemer in all his glory. And if we're alive when the Lord comes back, we'll see him descend in all his glory. Oh, what a great day of rejoicing that'll be for the saints who are still alive at that time. Look at verse 17. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, in this life, we walk by faith. Sin's all around us, and sin is in every one of us. We who are the redeemed of the Lord are but saved sinners. And we're painfully aware that as long as we're in this body of death, we will sin against our God every day. We don't desire to do that, but we do that. And we hate sin. 
We hate sin in ourselves more than in anyone else. But even now we are assured by God himself that Jesus Christ took care of all the sins of his people when he paid the ransom price in full for them at Calvary's cross. Again, when he, the sinless substitute, died in the place of his people who are sinners. And the scripture gloriously proclaims this wonderful truth. There is therefore now no condemnation, which is no judgment, to them which are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. We see in verse 17 of our text that we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. All of God's born-again, blood-washed saints who are alive to this coming will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. Now, we can only imagine what that is going to be like for the saints who are living at that time. The resurrection of God's elect from all over the world, getting their brand new bodies, and the saints who are alive will be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. Beloved of God, just think of the thought of such a sight. Knowing we will be in that blessed number, that should excite us. That should, that should stir up in us to echo the words of the Apostle Paul with, with joyful anticipation when he said, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And our text says we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That air is referring to our own atmosphere. Our Lord will be close enough for the inhabitants of this earth to see him as he descends from heaven. Let me share a couple of thoughts concerning our Lord coming into our own atmosphere. First, one of Satan's titles is the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2. And the air is spoken of in scripture as the spear of Satan's power. He's called the prince of the power of the air. So what Paul is telling us here is that the transfiguration reunion of Christ's redeemed ones will take place right in the heart of Satan's territory. The lamb that was slain and all the host of his elect shall be victorious and Satan shall be ashamed, mocked and defeated. And today it appears that he is loose for a little season, but beloved, Satan's days are numbered. Now we're no match for him. Not one of us on earth are match for him, but oh my, our Lord has crushed his head. Our Lord has crushed his head. And King Jesus will throw the old serpent into the lake of fire. And second, we will be caught up from this sin-cursed earth to meet the Lord in the air. While our sovereign God destroys the wicked with the brightness of his coming, while he takes vengeance on those who don't know him, those who do not obey his gospel, when everything will be consumed with the brightness of the coming of God's exalted Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, his people shall be caught up in the air to be with him forever and not only will all the elements in this whole universe be on fire this world and everything in it will be destroyed burned up by god's consuming fire but a brand new heaven and a brand new earth will be created wherein dwelleth righteousness the scripture says so next let us consider a wonderful fact which is bought out before us bought out right before the saints of god in Thessalonians, verse 17 look at this then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now look at that latter part of this wonderful verse, verse 17. This is just pure gold. This is just pure. This is one of the great gems of the scriptures. Oh, look at this. 
Look at this wonderful truth brought forth. This brings forth when it says here, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This brings forth the certainty that God's people will be with him forever. How this warms my soul. I'm a poor, undeserving sinner. I'm a hell-deserving sinner who's found grace in the eyes of the Lord, just like each of God's people. And the scripture here proclaims that because of God's mercy and grace towards his people in Christ, we shall ever be with the Lord. Oh, what joy floods the souls of the redeemed ones of Christ when we ponder this wonderful truth. The text says that God's born-again, blood-washed saints will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Beloved, heaven is heaven because we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. Again, being with the Lord Jesus Christ is heaven. That's what matters to every born-again saint of God. We want to be with the one who loved us and gave himself for us. In this scripture before us proclaims that we shall be with him forever. Oh, we want to see him, don't we? We want to see our Savior in all his glory. We want to look upon the one who's redeemed our eternal souls. We want to look upon our wonderful, merciful Savior who shed his precious blood to purchase our eternal souls. We want to look upon the one who was crucified and died and was buried and rose again the third day for our justification. Oh, how we as believers long to see him. And we will. Because the scripture here before us proclaims that we shall be with him forever. And that's all based upon the pure, free, and sovereign grace of God in Christ plus absolutely nothing. Beloved, now we understand even more why Paul said, I have obtained mercy. And oh, what mercy we see here before us. The Lord Jesus Christ will take his people and they will be with him forever in glory. Here, take them from this sin-cursed world, and they will be with him forever. And oh, how again we want to see him in all his glory. Oh, how we want to be with him. And this scripture here before us proclaims we shall be with him forever. And how this answers his high priestly prayer in John 17, verse 24, when our Lord was here on this earth, our Lord said this, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. And beloved, this verse right here, this verse right here says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. His prayer, his high priestly prayer will be answered, beloved. We shall be with him forever and we shall behold his glory. Oh, we're going to behold the glory of the one who purchased us who redeemed our eternal souls, who paid in full our great sin debt, who satisfied the law and justice in our place when he died at Calvary's cross. Oh, what a hope we have, and we shall be with him forever, all because of his mercy and all because of his grace, which we know and I would like to state again, is immeasurable. You cannot measure the mercy of God and the grace of God, which he has shown to his people. You cannot measure it. You cannot plumb the depths of this great mercy and his great grace. 
Now I want us to consider the security that the born-again, blood-washed believer has in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this verse brings forth that wonderful truth that right before us, that the redeemed people of God shall be with the Lord forever. And it has nothing to do with anything we do. Nothing. This is all grace and mercy, which flows from God the Father, through Christ Jesus our Lord, to his people who have been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Again, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Nothing, absolutely nothing shall prevent our continuing to be forever with the Lord because it is he who keeps us. It is he who has saved us. God himself has saved our souls. Death shall not separate us, nor the terrors of judgment. Listen to how Psalm 23, 6 goes along with what Paul wrote here by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Psalm 23, verse 6 tells us that the believer will be with the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I'd like us to look at a few points in this epistle. Do you know that we see Paul speaking about the second coming of Christ in every chapter of this wonderful book? He is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to do so, to write these things. So let us look and see that the second coming of Christ is referred to repeatedly in 1 Thessalonians. Turn, if you would, to chapter 1, and we'll read in verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, and it says this, In the wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. God's people, while we're on this earth, we wait for the return of our Savior. And he's either going to come and receive us at our death, or he will receive us when he comes in all his glory. In chapter 2 and verse 19, the scripture says this, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? That's speaking of the second coming of Christ. And then in chapter 3, in verse 13, the scripture declares, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Look at that. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming back with all his saints. And then in our text tonight, we've seen spoken of how the Lord will catch us up if we're alive, if we're alive, and that the dead in Christ shall be raised first. That's their bodies. They shall be raised. And then we which are alive, if we're alive at that time, at the time of his return, we shall be translated to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with him or be with him forever. And now, actually, let's look at chapter 5, too, in verses 1 to 11. It speaks of the second coming of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture declares, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Just know that he's coming back. You don't have to speculate when the Lord's coming back. Just know he said he's coming back. He's going to come back. The scriptures declare he's going to come back. So it's certain that he's going to come back. 
He told us that he would come back. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night, when no one expects it. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. There will be no one who will escape the wrath of God. No one. You see, the wrath of God's been satisfied in the place of his people by the Lord Jesus Christ. But all those outside of Christ, just like all those who were outside the ark of Noah, the wrath of God's going to fall upon them. And it says in verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light. Well, the only one who's made us to differ from the children of light and the children of darkness is God. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. And don't forget, the whole armor of God is Christ. The breastplate of faith? Well, who's our faith in? Christ. And love? Who do we love? The Lord Jesus Christ. And for an helmet, the hope of our salvation. Who's the hope of our salvation? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is. And then look at this wonderful verse in verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's the only one who makes us to differ. We don't make ourselves to differ. God has not appointed his people to wrath. That wrath fell upon Christ in our place. It says, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget, never forget that salvation is a gift. Faith is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift in and through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. And then look at verse 10. It says, who died for us? He lived upon this earth. He walked upon this earth. He hungered like we hunger. He thirst like we thirst. And then it says he died for us. But he did all that without sin. Now we're full of sin. He's the totally sinless one. Sinless, spotless lamb of God who died for us. He really died. But then the scripture says, oh, he was raised for our justification, doesn't it? It says, look at this though. Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, so whether we are living or, or dead, we should live together with him. Well, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Don't tear each other up. Don't look for fault with one another. Comfort one another with these scriptures. Comfort one another with the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Edify one another. Build one another up. Esteem each other better than oneself. Esteem your brothers and sisters in Christ better than you. Always remember, Christ must increase and we must decrease. And in this book and in 2 Thessalonians, Paul does not mention an earthly reign. This is the second coming of Christ he's speaking of. And the fact that we will be with the Lord forever, it's, he's speaking of his eternal reign. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, the scripture says this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. In his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. 
So we see then that Paul's terminology implies that he's speaking of the eternal kingdom of God. And beloved of God, as we have received him, so shall we walk in him, whether in life or in death. And we have received eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's look at the last verse of chapter 4 here, which will be our closing verse for tonight's study. It says this, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with the truths concerning our loved ones who have fallen asleep in Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Their bodies went into the ground, but their soul and spirits in glory. They're in the presence of the great king, and they're, they're waiting for their glorified bodies. But they're in the presence of the Lord. And never forget, too, they're free from all sin. They're free from all temptations of sin. They're free from every evil thought, from all pain, physical, mental, and spiritual. They're free from all the worries and concerns of this world and this life. Free. And not only are they enjoying the fellowship of all those who died in faith, not only are they enjoying the company of our Lord's elect angels, most of all, the saints who have died and went to be with the Lord are in the presence of the true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who purchased them with his own precious blood. They're, they're in his presence, beloved. They're looking upon the one who shed his precious blood to redeem them at Calvary's cross, to purchase them, to save them from all their sins. They're looking right now, right this second. They're looking upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are right now enjoying sweet fellowship with him. Sweet fellowship with him, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this, they're continually dazzled by the brightness of his eternal glory they're in continuous awe of our lord jesus christ so let us then comfort one another with these truths and let us comfort one another with these words that our lord jesus christ is coming again to receive all those for whom he died and if we are alive if we are alive when our lord jesus christ returns we will be caught up to meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the lord the scripture here declares Oh, how thankful we should be that this life with all its sorrows and painful trials is only temporal. It's only temporal, beloved. Our life with our blessed Redeemer in heaven is eternal. The scriptures here declare we shall be with him forever. Oh, how that warms my soul, beloved. How that warms the soul of this saved, redeemed sinner. Is it so for you? Does it thrill your heart to think that the very one who purchased you with his precious blood, if you're a believer, that you're going to be with him forever, that you're secure, even right now where we're upon this earth. The scripture says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So when we breathe our last breath, we're going to be in his presence forever, all because of his mercy and his grace. Oh, our life with our blessed Redeemer in heaven is eternal, beloved. And soon, very soon, we're joined those who've gone on before us. At our death, will be ushered into heavenly bliss where there be no more sin, no more temptation to sin. Can you imagine that? No more sin, no more temptation to sin, no more evil thoughts, no more proneness to wander, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more worries, no more concerns about this, this world and this earthly life, no more. But most of all, we'll be where we want to be. We'll be where we desire to be. And that's in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
Let me leave you with this sobering thought, the sobering truth. Heavenly bliss with Jesus Christ is just as real as this very world we're living in. But so is hell and eternal torment. That awful place is the eternal habitation of all who refuse to believe that Jesus Christ is the sovereign Lord over heaven and earth. All those who refuse to bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ, all those who refuse to believe he has saved his chosen people by paying the ransom price in full for their sins with his own precious blood, all those who reject these truths will suffer the eternal wrath of God in hell forever. Brethren, beloved of God, we've already suffered the wrath of God in Christ Jesus, our substitute. The wrath that was due us was poured out upon him in our place. And this was revealed to us under the preaching of the gospel. First Peter chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says that Jesus Christ is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The wicked have no excuse. They don't want Christ, and they will go to hell with no one to blame but themselves. Those who go to heaven, well, we give all the glory to our great God because salvation's of the Lord, all of it, in its planning, in its execution, and in its application. God's sovereign grace and mercy has been bestowed upon those for whom Christ has died. God's sovereign grace and mercy have been shown and bestowed upon his people, those for whom Christ died for. And it is God who makes the difference. It is God who has made us to differ one from another. Glory be to our great God. Praise his mighty name. Amen and amen.